Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. It's great to see you guys. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, like they said, we are so glad you're here. My name is Scott, and we are finishing up today a series that we've been in called Transform. And simply what we've been looking at is things that God desires to change in our life, right? Things God desires to transform in our lives. And each week we've been looking at Romans 12 too. That's kind of been our theme verse for this series. And we've been looking at it in the New International Version. And, and today I just want to look at it from the New Living Translation. Pretty much says the same thing, but a couple words are different. And Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by how? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so each week we've looked at something different that we can change, that we can transform, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our feelings. And what we're going to talk about today is going to help us with anything we face in life. We'll be able to think differently. So we're going to spend a lot of time on that verse, changing the way that we think. And God says, I don't want you to focus on what the world says, right? I don't want you to focus on the customs and the patterns of this world, but I want you to change your thinking about things. And I want you to start seeing things from my perspective. Because nothing's going to happen in our life until we can renew our mind, until we can change the way that we think. And, and the reason God starts with our minds and starts with the way that we think is because our thinking controls everything in our life, right? Uh, you know, literally everything, every action, every word, every behavior, every attitude, it starts with a thought. If we never think about something... We're never going to do it, right? Because it never came into our mind. So we're going to focus a lot of our time on that. Okay, leaving today, you know, if the goal is to change the way we think, how do we do that? How do we do that consistently and how do we do that regularly? Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. How true is that? Every single thing that happens in our life, it starts with our mind. It starts with our thought process. What we think, what we believe, it shapes everything. And, you know, our beliefs don't even have to be accurate. They're still going to shape what we do in our life. We could believe things that aren't even true. And we have. All of us have. We've been taught something about ourselves or about other people or about God, and we find out later on down the road, wow, that wasn't even accurate. That wasn't even true. And then it's this big revelation for us, right? I think about like when I was a kid, you know, you were taught don't go outside if your hair's wet in the winter, right, because you're going to get sick. That's not why I'm sick, okay? Viruses make us sick, right? Or have you heard the one that says coffee stunts your growth? It doesn't. But now tofu and eggplant? Stay away from those things. You, you just never know, right? But there's these things we find out. They're not even true. 
but we believed them, and those things determine the course of our life or the actions that we take in life. Now, if you were with us last week, we looked at Adam and Eve, and we spent a lot of time talking about relationships, but we touched on sin and temptation. And so if we're talking about our minds and changing the way we think, if you think about it, all temptation and all sin, the battle is won or lost in our mind because everything starts with a thought, a tempting thought if you will. Now, we often think, well, there's just something out there tempting me, or this person's tempting me, or this organization, or this action's tempting me. No, it's internal. It starts in our mind. Think about some of the sins that we have or that we've, you know, dealt with in our lives that we only know. You know, things like bitterness, greed, envy, lust, uh, anger. Where are those things? They're inside right? They start in our mind. So God wants to change the way we think to not only help us with our our sin problem, but every single area of our lives. And that's why what we're talking about today is so important, because if we can manage our mind well, then we can manage our entire lives well. Romans 7.22 says this, and, and 23, I love God's law with all my heart. But there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Paul's saying there is a battle going on in our mind. It's one of the reasons you and I get so stressed and so discouraged and so tired and so anxious in life because he's saying there's constantly a battle going on in our minds. It's always occurring. So that's why we have to learn to manage our minds well, to control our thoughts, because not only are we going to win that tem- uh, the battle for temptation and sin, but we're going to reduce those battles that we constantly face, because a, a well-managed thought life is going to lead to joy and happiness and peace in our life. Romans 8, 6 tells us this, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And this all sounds pretty easy, right? I'll just get a grip on what I'm thinking about. I'll manage my thoughts a little bit better. But it's not easy. This is something that we have to do intentionally. If we're going to think differently, and we know now why God wants us to do that, then it has to be something that we do every single day, right? We can't just address our thoughts when we hear a talk on Sunday about it or we hear a seminar or something refreshes our memory. You know, it's got to be a daily choice because Paul says there's a constant battle going on in our mind. So we have to make that decision. Every single day, I am going to think differently. And listen, it's our responsibility. It's nobody else's. You are responsible for your thoughts. I'm responsible for my thoughts. Nobody knows what you're thinking right now. You don't know what I'm thinking right now, right? That those, we're the only one that knows what we're thinking, but it's our responsibility to control our thoughts. So if we desire to have this healthy mind, if we want to break free 
of the bad patterns maybe of the way we've been thinking, we got to make some intentional choices. And again, it's got to be every day because this battle is constantly going on. So I want to look at four, four practical things that we can do to change the way we think. And, and, and these are things we can focus on every day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change the way I think. So if you're taking notes, learning number one, to change the way I think, I must learn the truth. That's the first thing. I should only put truth in my mind. And when I'm talking about truth, I'm talking about God's truth. So I got to sift through all the junk that I've believed or all the nonsense in life, all, all, all the falsehoods I've believed, and I need to only accept from now on what God says. I got to accept his truth. And the, and the way we figure that out is we always go back to his word, right? We always go back to the scripture. That's our anchor. That's our basis point. Anything we're dealing with in life, well, what does God say about this? You know, we go back to his word. We can always ask questions like, you know, what does God say about this? What is God's character? What have I learned over the years about God? But ultimately, his word, his truth is our guide in life. Why is that important? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, if we know the truth, what happens? It sets us free, right? If we know God's truth, it sets us free. Jesus also said this in Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, we're focusing on changing the way we think by only reflecting on God's word, only having God's word. Because if we'll feed our mind God's word and God's truth, it'll be, it'll guide us throughout the rest of our lives. We constantly feed ourselves food, right? Some of you are already thinking about where you're going to eat lunch. I know that. And you're like, you better finish on time, right? <laughs> but we do that, why? To sustain, to sustain us, to keep us alive physically, we have to eat food. Well, you know, we should constantly be feeding ourselves on God's truth so we keep ourselves spiritually alive. That's why this is important. Knowing God's word, it will change us. Knowing God's word will transform us, but it's an ongoing process. You got to remember the battle is always going on, so I got to constantly change the way I think. I got to fill my mind with God's word. King David understood this. King David is described in the scripture as being a man after God's own heart. Listen to what he wrote, Psalm 119, verse 147. David said, I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. He says, hey, God, I start off every morning talking to you. I cry to you in prayer, and I listen to what you say. I listen to your truth. Often when I meet with people or counsel with people, and maybe they're struggling with loss or a sickness or relationship issues or financial pressure, whatever it is, often I discover after I sit down with them and listen to them, they're not listening to God's truth. They've kind of taken their focus off of what God's truth says and they're focused on their immediate problem and what's going on in their life instead of, again, only taking God's truth. Because if we constantly fill our minds with his truth, it's going to keep us from getting discouraged. No matter what we're facing, it's going to keep us uh, hopeful. 
no matter what we face. And listen to what David said next in, in Psalm 119, 148. He said, I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. Again, he's focusing in the morning and during the day, at night, on God's truth. That's how we change the way we think. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how David was named the next king of Israel, right? He was kind of the king in waiting. Saul was still the king. God said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. Saul found out about that and wanted to kill David and pursued him, just kept pursuing him, trying to take him out. Can you imagine living your life that way, knowing you're constantly on the run? Somebody's constantly trying to to take you out. And listen to what David's response was. Psalm 119, verse 95. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. In other words, I'm still focused on what you say, God, despite all these things going on. And I'll just be honest with you. If somebody was trying to take you out or take me out, you know, they were trying to kill you and they were pursuing you on a consistent basis, I don't think the first thing that's going to pop into my mind is God's truth. I'm just being honest with you. I'm I'm thinking I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to run. You know, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to do something to protect myself. I hope I could get to this point where the first thing I think about is God's truth. That's what David says. He says, I don't care if it's morning, noon, or night. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care that somebody's even trying to kill me. God, I'm going to focus and keep my mind on your truth. That's what we're all striving for. That's truly how we know we've changed the way we think because the first thought we have is what God says and God's truth. So step one, only fill our minds with God's truth. Here's step two. To change the way I think, I must purge the lies I've believed. We need to free ourselves of the things we think that are so destructive. Maybe they're things people have said about us or we've thought about ourselves or we've thought about others or even falsehoods we've believed about God. We need to get rid of the things people have told us that simply aren't true. And there's going to be another war going on in your mind when you try to discard the lies you've bought into or I've bought into. And the, the first opposition we're going to get is from our old nature. You know, our old nature is the nature we had before we had a relationship with Christ. Now, I understand all of us are on different spots on the faith journey. Some of you haven't um, invited Christ into your life. That's okay. Keep asking questions. Keep searching. Keep seeking. But if you have invited Christ into your life, you now have a new nature. But that old nature, the way we always thought, the way we always handled things, the way we always looked at other people, the falsehoods we believed, that old nature is going to come up. It's going to keep coming up in our life, and it's going to fight us and want us to continue to believe some of the lies we've believed. That verse that we read said, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. That other power is really threefold. And the first part of that other power is that old nature. That old nature is comfortable. We feel good 
in that old nature, right? It's familiar to us, but make no mistake, it's no longer your friend once you have a new nature. But it's going to get you to try to continue to believe those things that you've bought into. Something else, another one of those powers within us that wages war in our mind is going to be Satan. We do have an enemy, the devil, and he loves to try to control our minds, right? He desires to control our our thought process, but he can't control our mind. If you're a follower of Christ, he can't control your mind. The only thing he can do is send suggestions, right? And those suggestions are what we call temptations. That's all he can do. He can just continue to try to tempt us, to try to get us off track, but he can't control our mind. 1 John 4, 4 says this, and this is why he can't, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. He can make all kinds of suggestions, but he can't control our mind. And that's not to say that the temptations, the lies, the suggestions he puts in our mind aren't powerful and they're not real. They absolutely are. And he's constantly planting negative thoughts in our mind, right? All the time. He'll use anything and everything to trip us up. He'll use, you know, other people, uh, you know, who work. He'll use the internet, whatever. You know, nothing is off limits, to Satan to try to trip us up and to get us to continue to buy these lies. That's, that's the first thing he did to Eve. He lied to Eve, and she bought it. So anytime we have a thought, it, it kind of goes back to when we talked about our feelings. Anytime we have a thought in our life, the, the first thing we should be thinking is, I'm not going to necessarily believe this thought is true, right? Because we do have a tendency to believe so many things that aren't true. And so the first thing we should do is question any thought we have. Problem is a lot of people just make the assumption, well, the thought came into my mind, it came into, you know, me personally, so it must be true. No, that's not how it works. We got to remember it's a constant battle and our old nature is trying to trip us up and Satan is trying to trip us up to get us to believe these lies. But the more we can fill our minds with God's truth the quicker we'll change the way we think. And the quicker it will be that we're able to identify these battles in our minds and what's happening. And the third thing, the third enemy we have that's at war in our mind is culture, is the world, right? So it's our old nature, it's Satan, and it's the world we live in. And I think we'd all agree that, you know, the world we live in is not trying to send us down the right path. The world has its own value system that's totally different than God's value system. And the world's value system is promoted by advertisers, it's promoted by businesses, it's promoted by Hollywood, the social media, it's promoted by, you know, uh, celebrities and musicians and songs and even politicians. Very few of the influences we have in the world today are trying to get us to lead a godly life. They'd rather us follow the world's value system. Very few of those influences are trying to encourage us, if you will, to God's way of thinking. So we always have to be aware and ready, knowing if I'm going to dispense with these lies, my old nature's coming after me, Satan's coming after me, and the world's coming after me. 1 John 2.16 says this, 
The world offers only craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. In other words, everything around us. Everything around us. So how do we fight the battle? Knowing we got this threefold threat coming against us, how do we fight the battle? And again, it's a constant battle. No wonder we're so discouraged. So no wonder we get so anxious and depressed in life knowing we always have this battle going on in our mind. When you wake up and think, man, is everybody against me? Yes, they are. Your old nature, Satan in the world, is against you. So how do we fight this mental battle? And I think we can figure that out in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. We're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I love that. Now notice Paul's using warfare language because again, every day it's a mental battle. And he's saying one of the things we have to do is knock down the strongholds in our life. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is simply a lie we've believed. That's just not true, right? And the, and the lie may be, well, God doesn't really love me. That's a lie. Or it may be, you know, I know better than God knows on what's going to make me happy. That's a lie. God knows better than we do. Or the lie may be, I'm, I'm just going to do what makes me happy regardless of what God says. Again, that's a stronghold in our life. Anything that I believe that's a lie is a spiritual stronghold in my life. And he says we got to knock these things out. we got to get rid of these things. A stronghold could be a false value system, like we find all throughout the world. Like, you know, money's the only thing that's important. Materialism, get all you can, take all you can. That's a lie. We know that. It could be a personal attitude. It could be a stronghold, a lie we believed. I'll never forgive that person. I'm never going to be forgiven. Those are strongholds, or I'll never amount to anything. Or, you know, if anything's going to go wrong in this world, it's going to happen to me. All of those are strongholds. And he says, if we're going to win this battle, this constant battle in our mind, we got to get rid of those things, all those lies we believe. So we fill our mind with God's truth. We dispense with the strongholds, the lies we've believed. Here's the third thing, to change the way I think I must capture every thought I have and make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we bring our thoughts into line with what God says, with what Jesus says, with what Jesus desires in our life. We change the way we think. And I don't know about you, but my mind rebels. My mind rebels often. It doesn't always obey me, right? I often think about things that, well, I shouldn't be thinking about that. Or have you ever been praying and your just mind just kind of drifts away? I know I'm not the only one, right? And you're like, where in the world did that come from? I'm having this nice time of praying with God, and then all of a sudden I have this off-the-wall thought. 
thought. He says we capture those thoughts, especially those ones that we know are off base, and we just make them align to Christ. Okay, this is the thought I had, but this is what Christ says. And ultimately, what he's saying, if we can capture those rebellious thoughts, he's saying we have a choice to do that. We have the ability to do that because our mind is obedient to us. You ever thought about that? Your mind is obedient to you. Your mind has to listen to you. It doesn't have any other choice but to listen to you. Now, your mind may be the only thing listening to you, right? Nobody else is listening to us, but our mind is going to listen to us. So the battle is won in our mind. The The best time to win a battle for sin or temptation is before that battle even starts. And we can do that because we can capture, he says, these rebellious thoughts and make them submissive to Christ. Psalm 119, 112, David said this, my heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. My heart is set. That means he made a choice. He had the ability to make that choice. I'm going to obey you, God, no matter what. So we find the truth. We keep the truth. We get rid of the strongholds, the lies we believe. Any of those rebellious thoughts, we take them captive and we make them submissive to what Jesus says. And then here is the final thing, if we're going to change the way we think. Learning number four, I focus on the right things. What are the right things? Well, one of the right things to focus on is Jesus, right? We focus and think about Jesus. Now, you've heard the old cliche that you become what you think about, right? So here's the big test. If you think about Jesus all the time, who are you going to become like? Jesus, that's right. You guys are on the ball. You guys are absolutely on it today. But that's what we should do. We should think about Jesus. When we start feeling like we're ready to give up, we're ready to throw in the towel, we're ready to quit, we're ready to give up on the relationship, whatever it is, we got to think about Jesus. We can think about what Jesus went through, how he never gave up, right? But when we think about Jesus, it reminds us we're not alone. We are not going through this life alone. He's with us, and he's walking through it with us. So one of the right things we can think about is Jesus. The other right thing we can think about is other people. Think about others. Now, the world's not going to tell you that. The world's going to say, think about yourself. Take care of yourself. How many times we hear, well, I got to do what's right for me, right? I got to take care of myself. I got to look out for number one. That's not really great advice because Jesus, through the apostle Paul, said this in Philippians 2.4. He said, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. So a right thing to think about is to think about others. And again, the world's not going to tell you that. Take care of yourself do what you want to do, do what feels right, do what makes you happy. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. When we're thinking about others, we're trying to motivate each other towards acts of love and good works. How do we do that? I think one of the greatest ways to do that within a church context, at least, is in a group or within a ministry. When when we're with other people, serving others and helping others and taking care of others, we grow spiritually. We grow even closer to Christ. So in the midst of the battle, we 
focus on the things that are right. We focus on Jesus. We focus on others. And then finally, we need to focus on eternity. I think focusing on eternity is the difference maker when it comes to our mental state. It's the best thing that we can do for our mental state to remember that this world that we're living in is not all there is. To remember that there's more to life than the here and now. See, focusing on eternity keeps us from short-term thinking and focusing so much on the problems and difficulties at hand. Now, you're going to have some short-term thinking, all right? I, I have short, big-time short-term thinking at my age, right, especially when it comes to home projects. I can go outside and look at the chairs on my deck and think, man, I could, I could replace all these boards with treks, and it'll last a lifetime. And then I'll think, you know what, old man? One more set of tree to the lumber is going to last your lifetime. That's all I need, right? I don't need the lifetime shingles anymore. The 30-year shingles are fine. That's short-term thinking from an earthly perspective. But when it comes to the problems and the battles and the difficulties that we face each and every day, we got to think eternally. This isn't going to last. This sickness isn't going to last. This loss isn't going to last. This relationship issue is not going to last. Colossians 3.2 says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. I love that. Don't get all caught up in the worries and the cares of this life. Think about eternity because this life is just a blip on the roadmap of all of eternity. And when you start thinking about eternity, which is the right thing, what else do we think about? Those other two right things. We think about the Lord and pleasing the Lord, and we think about others. We have an eternal perspective and want to help others to know Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, that is what the Scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Think about that. When we start to think about our problems today, raising kids and the challenges of marriage and relationships, the financial pressure, the challenge of going to school and working and making a living, all those things we face, they pale in comparison, the Scripture says, to what awaits us. And so our long-term focus has got to be on eternity because this life is not going to last. So we have to learn to change the way we think. We change the way we think by putting God's truth in our mind. We get rid of the lies we believe, knowing those enemies that are going to come after us. We capture every rebellious thought, and we make it obedient to what Jesus says. That, Scott, that's not the right thing to think about. This is what the Lord says you need to think about. And then finally, we focus on the right things, the Lord, others, and eternity. When we can do that, we've truly changed the way we think. And it's, again, it's got to be something we do every single day. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much, first of all, for our minds that were made in your image, that we can think and we can reason and we can make choices. Lord, help us to know it's not just because we talked about it this week we're going to face a battle in our mind. It's every single day. And we have to be prepared every single day to change the way that we think. And Lord, now that we have the tools to do that, 
Help us to be transformed in our thinking. To only listen to you. To get rid of the junk we've bought into and believed. To control our thoughts and our minds because our minds have to listen to us. And Lord, to focus on those things that are right. The people you've placed around us, you and to focus on eternity. Help us to be a church that continues to help people find and follow you. Help us to continue to be people that focus on people's eternal destination, to care that much and love them that much. Maybe as we're praying, you're at home or you're here, and you've never changed the way you think about Jesus. Maybe you bought into some falsehoods about him when you were younger. Somebody told you that Jesus didn't love you, you know, because you're stuck in sin or you're doing this or that, there's no way Jesus loves you. Or that you have to stop doing this or start doing this before he wants a relationship with you. I hope you know that's not true. He desires a relationship with all of us. He's just waiting. So I encourage you today, change the way you think about Jesus. Invite him into your life. Ask him to be Lord of your life, to forgive you of your sins. And you know what? He will come into your life and he'll lead you from now on. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our community and beyond. Help us to continue to be faithful. In Christ's name, amen. Real quick, uh, next week we're kicking off a brand new series called Why Am I Here? We're gonna together answer some of life's toughest questions. Why am I here? What's the purpose? Is there any use? What should I be doing? Right? Questions that everybody has. Now, we had to do this series that we're in, Transform, to change the way we think before we're able to go on to this series, Why Am I Here? Because a lot of times, you know, when we discover why we're here and what God created us for, it doesn't line up with what we've believed in the past. So I'm going to encourage you to join us for that series, and I'm going to encourage you to bring a friend. You know, most of us, whether this is your home church or not, most of us ended up in church because of a personal invite from a friend. So I'm going to encourage you, find somebody you know that doesn't have a church home and, and invite them to that series because every single person I know has that question. You know, why am I here? What should I be doing with my life? Why did God even create me? It's going to be a fun series. Second thing I want to let you know about is our American Heritage Girls group is partnering with the New River Valley Health District, and they are collecting diapers and wipes for new moms, moms that may not have uh, the same means that, that some of you have. So this Sunday, next Sunday, and the following Sunday, they're going to be collecting diapers, size one, two, and three, to help these new moms and wipes. So if you got a little extra maybe in your grocery budget this month, I want to encourage you to help them out. And they're set up in the lobby if you have any questions. I hope you have a great Sunday, a great week, and we will see you next week. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming.